Okay, ladies, it's a new year, which means new goals for 2024. So if you're a woman that wants to create lasting change for your health, wellness, and vitality, then you need to start taking some serious action like today, ladies. So we're going to start with baby steps, of course, but I want you to repeat this with me. I'm not going to spend 2024 fluctuating between those 10 extra pounds anymore. I'm not going to feel like I'm in a constant battle with my body composition. I'm not going to be a victim of the effects of unbalanced hormones any longer. Why? Because you can take control, learn what truly works, and create change that lasts forever. And we want to help you. So inside Rejuvenating Health, our 12-week transformation program will help you find answers and take back control of your body and your health. All you have to do is schedule a root cause analysis call today so we can have a conversation with you and figure out what's going on with you and create a plan so that way you can get that lasting change forever. Health Podcast. I'm Shauna, and I'm here with women's health nurse practitioner, Lindsay Van Schoik, and we're excited to have you ladies tune in today. Yeah, so we're going to kind of talk about hitting that reset button going into the new year, because how many times do we hear people doing a New Year's resolution, and I'm going to get healthy in 2024, and they don't set themselves mm-hmm. up for success, and they quit right? Like, I, I don't know what yep. the statistics are on people quitting their new year's resolution, but they don't make it through January. By February. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I just read that the other day, actually. Yeah. By February, it's, it's a high percentage. I think it's like 80% or something. Don't continue on yeah. track. Yeah. And most of the time I think it's because they, um, do all or nothing and they crash and burn. Yep. Or yeah, I agree. they don't set appropriate boundaries. Or they don't really take on this identity of becoming a healthy person. So I think we should probably dig into that. And so I think, or I know, when you're starting on this wellness journey, you're never going to be successful unless you have a strong enough why as to why you're doing it. Mm. Just, I want to lose 20 pounds isn't a really strong why. It's pretty easy to go to Starbucks and get that sugary drink. If the reason why you're doing this is because, Oh, I just want to lose 20 pounds or, or, or you're going into it with unrealistic expectations. Like, Oh, I want to look like I did when I was 20. Well, you're not 20, you're 40 now. And you've had kids and your hormones have changed and you're not going to look like you did when you were 20. You can look better than you did when you were 20, but you're not going to look the same. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Well, even with our clients, they're like, well, I don't look mm-hmm. the same as I did before. Well, you're not the same person. Right. Yeah. But Many years between. Yeah. And I know that when our clients come to us, most of them are pretty sick. They're not feeling well. Um, they've tried a lot of things and it hasn't worked. They have no energy. And so they have a pretty strong why. They have a pretty strong, I have chronic disease. Um, my 
hormones are a mess. I have no energy. I can't keep up with my kids. Um, I'm not sleeping at night. I'm going to rip my husband's head off. Uh, like all of those types of things yeah. are things that we hear. But even when they have that struggle of why, it's really easy that for them to give up. And it's easy, really easy for them mm-hmm. to forget that why. I think one thing that really helps us is doing the lab work and showing them where they're at metabolically. So mm-hmm. last night I did a, um, a consult with one of our new clients and she is a nurse practitioner and we went over her labs and I know like it was just like so eye opening for her. Um, mm-hmm. She wanted to start this journey to just feel better and get rid of some of her diagnoses and to feel better. But when we went through those labs, we ended up adding more diagnoses than we did taking away because she had mm-hmm. some of these conditions that her doctor hadn't, hadn't identified her with. Right. So we found metabolic disease, we found insulin resistance, we found poor methylation, we found inflammatory disease. And so those diagnoses will be able to take away, but that was a huge motivator for her to see that she had metabolic disease and to see she never had her fasting insulin tested. Um, so her hemoglobin A1C was starting to rise a little bit, but we know that fasting insulin rises four to 10 years before we ever start to see, or we ever get that diagnosis of diabetes or prediabetes. So I know that that's eye opening for a lot of people. And I know that the, how many times do we see elevated inflammatory markers? All the time, (laughs) almost every time, all the time. Yeah. And so that can be really eye-opening too, to see like, oh, my body is so inflamed and I need to do this because that inflammation is driving up my insulin or it's messing up my thyroid or it's messing up my hormones. And so getting that lab work done at the beginning of the year, you should always get lab work done every year to see where you're Mm -hmm. at. But getting that lab work done at the beginning of the year can be a really huge motivator for people. Um, And not just labs that you get at your doctor, like not a lipid panel, Um, a TSH and a hemoglobin A1C. I'm talking about like a full thyroid panel, a full hormone level panel, um, a full inflammatory marker panel, looking at your liver enzymes, looking at your ferritin, your B12, your vitamin D, looking at all those things that indicate health. Now, if your doctor refuses to do that and you don't have the funds um, to get lab work, which is kind of ridiculous these days because there's a ton of way to get cheap lab work. Um, We Mm -hmm. know that with our clients. Like, Now, I ran all the labs that we ran through someone through insurance the other day, and it was $3,200, like crazy insurance jacks up the price. But there are ways to get that Mm -hmm. lab work done, um, and your insurance probably isn't going to cover all that lab work. There are ways to get all those labs done a lot cheaper. But say you don't have the financial needs to do that, and your doctor won't order it through insurance. A simple lipid panel can show you a lot about what's going on in your body. And a, a, a simple CMP, right? So if you're looking at your CMP, what's your fasting glucose? Ideally, you want it to be 85, 90. If it's higher than that, then you're showing some signs of insulin resistance. You can look at your liver enzymes. We want your ALT and AST to be in the teens. That tells you if you're detoxifying properly. You can look at your AG ratio. You want it below two to see if you're having some inflammation. You can look at your total protein ratio. Um, We want it above seven to make sure that you're getting adequate protein in your diet. Um, And then we can look at like your electrolytes and stuff like that. So your CMP can, can tell you a lot of stuff. You just have to know how to read it. But your lipid panel can tell you a ton of stuff. So 
a lot of times when your doctor's looking at your lipid panel, they're looking at your cholesterol and your LDL. And I tell people all the time, like, I don't give a shit what your total cholesterol and LDL is. Like, mine is mm-hmm. high. I have bad cholesterol running in my family, but I am perfectly metabolically healthy. My Even though my cholesterol is high and my LDL is high, my triglycerides are like 50. My HDL is 80. Um, my fasting insulin is below six. Like I am perfectly metabolically healthy, but you can look at that. The rate it's the ratios in that lipid panel that matter. So you want your triglycerides to be under 100 and you really want your HDL to be above 60. And so I really like to look at that ratio and we want that ratio to be about one to one or under one. So you like mine's under one, my HDL is 80 and my triglycerides are 50. So that ratio is like 0.6 or something like that. Right. Um, but ideally we want that to be one to one. If it's higher than one, then, or even not, maybe not, if it's a little bit higher, it's okay, but we really don't want that under two. Um, and a lot of times when we think triglycerides, we think of fats and we think of it having to do with like, oh, I'm eating too much fats and, and all that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. I really like to look at triglycerides as a precursor to type 2 diabetes. So triglycerides elevate a lot. So if you're eating too much sugar or eating more calories than your body needs, then your body converts those calories and sugar into triglycerides. And those triglycerides are stored in your fat cells and your body or your hormones can release those triglycerides for energy between meals, right? So if you're regularly eating more calories, whether it's fat, sugar, whatever, it is going to be converted into triglycerides and particularly from those high carbohydrate foods, those high foods that are really high in sugar. So if you're eating the standard American diet, that high triglycerides are like a huge, huge, huge indicator of metabolic disorder and insulin resistance. And so it's really important to get those triglycerides down. And if you're dropping your carbohydrates, especially those sugar and high carbohydrates foods, you're going to get get those triglycerides down. And then another ratio that we look at is LDL to HDL, and we want that to be under two as well. Um, it's really that's more of a sign of just overall cardiovascular health where the triglycerides can be a really good sign of blood sugar instability. So kind of went down a rabbit hole lab work there, but we were talking about how you have to know your why when you're starting. And sometimes blood work can be a really good indicator for that can be really eye opening. I know for a lot of our clients, it's super eye opening. Right. Yeah. Because I I think a lot of women, you know, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see on the outside. So a lot of women coming to us, they know they don't like what they see. They know they don't like a lot of them are overweight. um, So they have low confidence. And so they're just kind of stuck in that funk. And then I think too, when we do the lab work, like you said, it's just a huge eye opener because it's okay. I'm overweight. I'm my confidence is low, but Holy cow. Like I have this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And this is all leading to that, you know? So I agree. It's super eye opening for them. Yeah. So knowing that you can't see that stuff, right? Exactly. You can see what's on the outside. And it's even really like, there are a lot of people that are skinnier and healthy weight, but are not metabolically healthy. Right. And feel like shit. Like they just feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And we have people who are at a healthy weight. Like I have a couple clients, even they're a healthy weight and then, but there are other things that they need to work on. So yep, that is true. 
So knowing your why is super important, but we know this from working with our clients that that is not enough. Um, you have to set boundaries and you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you're putting yourself in an environment um, to be successful, right? Now, what does that mean? And it might mean that you might have to cut some people out of your life, right? Maybe some friends that want you to go drinking all the time and they're constantly shoving alcohol in your face. Um, maybe it's mm-hmm. a friend that's constantly wanting to go out to eat and they are making you feel bad for your choices. One, I think you have to realize that people are jealous. And so if you're trying to do something to make yourself better, they might be your friend and all that type of stuff, but jealousy runs deep. And two, mm-hmm. not everyone has the same goals as you and that's okay, but you might have to move on from those people. Now, if it's your husband and your family, you can't really just be like, oh, well, you don't have the same goals as me. So peace out, husband. Like, love yeah. you, honey. But bye. But yeah. it is setting those boundaries with them, right? It's I, for right now, I'm choosing to not not eat this type of food. I'm choosing not to eat this pizza. I might not, I, I'm not saying I'm going to never eat pizza, but for right now, I'm choosing to to do this type of behavior and, and setting mm-hmm. those boundaries with those people. If you don't have boundaries, you're going to fail miserably at this because you're, you make so many choices a day and eventually that willpower is going to flush down the toilet and you're going to make a bad decision. So it's like setting boundaries with people like, I'm trying to be healthy. Do not offer me the donut. And it's mostly coworkers, Mm. right? Like we spend more of our time at work is setting those boundaries with your coworkers. Like I'm trying to be healthy please do not offer me this. Don't make me feel bad. And it is totally your right to set those boundaries. And they're not, if they give you shit about it, then they're jealous. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. You're, you know, you are, they say you are who you surround yourself with and you'll learn real quick, especially in these situations when you're trying to be healthier or trying to live a better lifestyle that the people who are like that, they're not people that you want in your circle anyway. Right. Because they're just ultimately trying to bring you down. If they can't encourage you, then that's not someone you want. Anyway, in your yeah. life. Yeah. And if you don't have those healthy people in your life, like join, uh, mm-hmm. like rejuvenating, we have a whole community with people like mine that are trying to do goals. Go to join a gym, like not a planet fitness where you have your headphones in and you don't talk to anyone, a gym where you do group classes and you have to mingle and you meet other people that have the same goals as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And just like you said, setting those boundaries is so huge. One of my clients, um, Carrie, she's so, so good at that and being prepared. And, you know, they have a lot of stuff coming up at school. She teaches at Christmas, but she brought her stuff that she had prepared and she took it down to the cafeteria and ate with the staff. And I just was really proud of her about that because that is, that's setting your boundaries, setting your goals. And that's why she has so much success. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the third thing is you have to change your identity. If you see yourself as a overweight person who's unhealthy and tired and has tried everything and nothing's work, then you're not going to be successful. You're not like how many clients have we worked with that where they're like, I've tried everything and nothing works and this isn't going to work. Well then don't sign up because if you're not open-minded about it, it's not going to work. Right. 100%. I say that to Brody all the time, even <laughs> like even our kids, you know, he's like, well, we're probably going to lose because it's this team. And I said, well, then you probably will lose. Right. Like if you're going to go in there with the attitude that you're going to fail, then you probably won't do your best because you're not setting your mind up to do your best in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to change your identity to become the person that you want to be. Right. So if, I mean, let's just say you're, 
an alcoholic. Like you identify as an alcoholic and you're trying to stop drinking. Well, if you still view yourself as an alcoholic, then when you go to the bar the next time, you're gonna be like, well, I'm an alcoholic. I'm just going to have this drink. Like that's who I am. Mm -hmm. It's what I do. And you're giving yourself yourself permission to have that drink. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you're an overweight person, well, I'm overweight. I always fail. So I might as well just eat this cookie or I I always self-sabotage or I always do this. I, I can't succeed at anything that I do or I'm lazy. Then you're not going to be successful, right? So if you're in break and like embracing this health journey, you are a healthy person. That is your new identity. What does a healthy person do? They eat whole foods. They move their body. They sleep seven to nine hours. They do some mindful work and control their stress. If you really want to be successful at this and change long-term, it's not motivation and it's not discipline. It's you have to change your identity of who you are because motivation and discipline mm-hmm. is going to go right out the door week five of your new diet plan. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. And I think we get that a lot too. We're like, how are you so motivated? How are you so disciplined? I don't understand because we're healthy people. Like that is our yeah. identity. Like what does a healthy person do? It's just- they start their day by working out. Like a lot of people do, you don't have to do that, but and then you eat a healthy breakfast yeah. and then you say no to the desserts most of the time and you go to bed. Like when you have that identity, it's so much easier to say no to those things that might veer you off track. Right. And that's what we practice all, or preach all the time to our clients, right? It's a lifestyle. So if you can do these things, once it becomes a lifestyle, it's who you are. It's just your life. And I think a lot of times that's why even last night I had a call with one of mine and she was like, it's so easy. It's just so easy. I wish everybody knew how easy it can be. And it's because it's a lifestyle. Once you set those habits in place, it's a lifestyle. And then it does feel easy because it doesn't have to be hard. No. And if I always tell people, like, if you can't see yourself if you're starting a plan that you can't see yourself doing 90 days from now, then don't start that plan. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're going to track macros to lose weight, then you better be prepared to track macros forever. Right. If you're going to do Octavia to lose weight. Okay. Are you prepared to eat Octavia for the rest of your life? Are you prepared to take some glutide for the rest of your life? Are you prepared to track your points for the rest of your life? Because if not, if you can't do that 90 days from now, then don't even start right now. Mm -hmm. There are some instances, like a lot of our clients have a lot of health issues. And a lot of them, we start on an anti-inflammatory protocol. And it can be a little bit drastic at first, but it's not something that they can't do for the rest of their lives. Like it's not hard to eat whole foods for the rest of your life. You might not want to, but it's not hard to do that. It's not something that you can't sustain. Now, a lot of our clients for the first 30 days, like you can't have gluten and wheat products. You can't have dairy. Um, You can't have added sugars. You can't have alcohol. You can't have seed oils. And we're pretty strict about it for the first 30 days. If you have an inflammatory problem, right? But it's not, we're not strict about it forever. Eventually we can reintroduce those things and see how your body takes. Now, if your body doesn't love you, love that food, then you might not, you might have to cut it out forever. Right. But it's all about eating foods that love your body. Right. And sometimes we have to take some stuff out to figure out what foods love your body. That way your body can thrive and, you know, not just survive. And so, But I don't think that's a drastic 
dietary change because you can live that way forever. You, and it's not, you don't have to, but to get some inflammation down and to get you healthy again, sometimes we have to cut out gluten and dairy and some of those foods that just cause tons of inflammation in your body. And I know that our clients that do that are like, huh, I feel so much better. And then we slowly work with them to reintroduce it. But that's where having a coach is really handy. Right. Yeah. And it is only 30 days, right? So it might, it might not be the best 30 days of your life, but I think a lot of times nobody wants to be uncomfortable. And sometimes we have to do things to make ourselves better that might be a little uncomfortable. And if we can't do it for 30 days, then we probably have a little more to talk about, (laughs) but yeah. And, uh, and when you start a new, I think you said something really insightful. They're like, it's uncomfortable, right? When you change anything, it's uncomfortable at first. Going to the gym is uncomfortable at first. Setting boundaries is uncomfortable at first. Changing the way you eat is uncomfortable at first. But you Mm -hmm. people don't succeed. Like the most successful people in the world don't stay comfortable. They get uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. How many times like have we gotten uncomfortable being in rejuvenating, right? Like heaven's sakes, you yay, your last job your last day at your daycare was yesterday. Like how uncomfortable is that? I know. Yeah. I mean, cause that was almost 14 years that I was there. So it was, it was scary. It was definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. But, but I know in the long run, it'll be better for me in multiple areas of my life. Right. Yeah. But like growth happens when you get uncomfortable and you, mm-hmm. if you want to get healthy and truly like thrive, you have to grow and you have to get uncomfortable. And I think that's where people fail a lot is that they don't want to get uncomfortable. If you're trying to lose weight, sometimes you're going to be a little hungry. Mm. Sometimes you're going to be a little sore from going to the gym. Sometimes you might miss something really fun with your friends because you need to go to sleep, right? Like it, it, you really have to decide what do you, what do you want? Right. That's exactly it. Like, what do you want and what, who do you want to be? And if you're not someone that is good with pushing yourself and being uncomfortable, because some people are better at it than others, it's just the way it is. Then two, that's another reason where, or how a coach comes into play. Because if you're not someone who's good at pushing yourself and keeping yourself accountable, a coach is really great in that aspect as well. Yeah. And just guiding you, right? Like, especially if you're really not healthy, like mm-hmm. we have so many women coming to us that are just not healthy and have tried so many things that they just don't even know where to go. And you need someone in your like, I think everyone needs a health coach in their life. Everyone needs a doctor that will listen to them in their life. They need a good supportive husband, like, and you need like a best friend. Like those are the things that you totally need in your life. And well, and, yeah. and, and Jesus. But um, <laughs> and Jesus, but, but you only have one life. Yeah. Right. So you need, yeah. yeah. And I know it costs money, but our program, what is it? Like if you really break our program down, it's maybe like 10 to $11 a day. Listen, ladies, mm-hmm. I know most of you are going to Starbucks and spending 10 to $11 a day on a freaking Starbucks drink. Yeah, for sure. Or a lunch. ton of other things. Mm-hmm. Your eyelashes. Right. There's a your lot hair, of things. Your nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things are and that's it. Sometimes. Too. Right. But sometimes too, you have to sacrifice certain things in order to do other things. And that doesn't mean you can't, you know, go back and start getting your nails on or whatever you're giving up in order to become healthier. That doesn't mean you can't ever do that again. But do you want to have 
be on medication for the rest of your life? Or do you want to go get like your French manicure? Cause yeah. nobody's going to see it in the grave. If I'm being honest, <laughs> right. I'm kind of being salty today, but I mean, like I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, a lot of why we see people fail is because they haven't done the hard work of digging into why they're stuck in the first place. Why mm-hmm. do you have an unhealthy relationship with food? Why do you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Why do you use food um, for comfort, right? And digging into that why is really uncomfortable. It, mm-hmm. It's hard. You're going to yeah. have to go down some rabbit holes of figuring out maybe reliving some of those traumatic experiences that happened. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I think that's one thing about working with us. That's amazing is that we have Lakin and that Mm -hmm. for our clients that are stuck or that are working with a health coach and that health coach sees that like, Ooh, this is something deeper. We can send them to Lakin to work with them on the mindset stuff. So like I had a call this morning and my client, like my client was, is very like all or nothing or, you know, um, and I asked her, I'm like, why do you think you're so all or nothing? Or or what do you think that's going on that you can't get past? Like you can't make the decision to eat healthy and you can't make the decision to go to the gym. And she's like, I'm tired. And we just, and broke down. Right. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of mental stuff that we need to work on. You need to go do some calls with Lakin and dig into that because we're never going to get anywhere on these lifestyle changes until we get past some of that past trauma. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, when you're doing semaglutide and Weight Watchers and Octavia, that's not talked about, right? So if you're one yeah. of those people that's diet hopping, maybe you need to take a deeper look and figure out what's going on inside as to why you're not being successful. Right. Even just stress management techniques. I've told a lot of my clients with Lakin, just learning the different techniques about how to handle stress because a lot of people, a lot of us just don't know how flat out when we just hold it in. And then that's so horrible. So even just that is such a blessing. I feel like for our clients to be able to have access to. Yeah. It's like that podcast we talked with Mark about, right? Like we're so stressed out that we're pooping in our poop and then we're not pooping and then we're not detoxifying. It's just this rabbit hole of issues. It truly, truly is. Yes, it is. But at least we can help. So if ladies need help, we got you, we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's a new year. Um, it's time to evaluate your goals time to, if, if you, if 2023 was going to be your year and Mm -hmm. nothing happened and you're stuck where you were at the beginning of 2023, then it's time to hire someone to help you out and figure out what's going on. Like it's time ladies. Yeah. And luckily we can do that for you. Right. I was say, let's not have the same convo going into 2025 that yeah. we're having into 2024. But I think this, this was a great conversation for everyone to hear. And like Lindsay said, if you guys do need guidance or you have questions, we have everything linked below for our socials, our email, how to find us, our website. Um, and we are just glad that you guys are tuning in. If you want, you can leave us a rating and a five-star review because that helps us out so much and share with your friends. But we'll catch you next week. See ya. Have a a happy new year, ladies. Yes. Happy new year.